everybody. Welcome back to our little corner of the internet and welcome back to the Taking Liberties Pro Wrestling Podcast. Holy shit. Oh, baby, we are back. Oh, holy shit, holy shit. I feel like it's been forever since we said that, and damn, it feels good for me to say that. Yeah, I felt, man, that gave me some chills when I heard you say it. Oh, so welcome back, everybody. Uh, hello, thank you for joining us once again. We are Andrew and Marquise. It's weird saying my own name, but that's who we are. That's our shoot name. Yeah, this is Nene Sama, of course, but uh, that's for true. Uh, I'm not gonna say my username because it's just a bunch of numbers and letters. But yeah, so we're back again. We are we are back today, and we are talking about some good old Impact Wrestling, of course, TNA Impact. And uh, do you want to tell the fine folks what we're we're? Do you want to tell them, or do you want to keep that a surprise? You know, you know, I think I think we normally keep it a surprise, and I feel like this one was a little it was a little special to me in my heart. So I think we're gonna they can find out after we you know they gotta earn it. Okay, yeah, I, I, I understand. Yeah, yeah. Um, we were supposed to drop this episode a while ago, but <laughs> uh, you know it's supposed to be around Halloween, but you know, hard subject to change. Shit happens. Shit uh, does indeed happen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it does. So, thank you to, to WDM for his original suggestions, which we were going to go with, but, you know, time passed, and it wasn't as topical. So, I, uh, I went against the script, brother, brother. We're flipping the script, baby. We're doing what we want. We're making it our yeah. own thing. So, I... Uh, I no pun intended. I actually no pun intended for the first time. I took the liberty of uh, <laughs> of just throwing out something for Andrew and I to watch. So yeah, and then I just I just poked around and found exactly what we needed, exactly what the doctor ordered for us. Stupid fucking marks to burn into our eyes. Absolutely, and um, I mean burn into our eyes. Oof, oof. Uh, but before we hop into that, we want to just thank you to everybody for all the wonderful and tremendous support, even uh, even when we didn't post for like, what, two and a half weeks. We still saw an amazing amount of support, which was absolutely incredible and insane. The The podcast is at, well, I did the calculation, it was 661 total listens, uh, it's 382 on the, across podcast. the podcast. Platforms and it's like 279 on YouTube, which is absolute insanity. And we want to thank you all for that. And 100%. of course, you can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Owl, Owl, Overcast, uh, just so many, so many places, places Pretty- that we don't even know we're on. So, pretty much anywhere you find a podcast, you're going to find us. Yeah, and of course you can follow, or you can find us on YouTube. We'll always post on YouTube, and you can follow the Twitter at TLProRessPod. That is T-L-P-R-O-W-R-E-S-P-O-D. Do you want to just go ahead and hop right into it? I think that's uh, all the plugging that we need yeah, to do. Yeah, I think we're done plugging our shit. We're going to talk about Impact Wrestling, March 25th, 2005. All right, so you want to go ahead and kick us off with this show? 
Oh, yeah. So this show began with Abyss being a perv yet again to Trinity and Tracy, who were simply just hanging out in the DOA's uh, air quote office, the, the bed of his truck. The bed of his truck with hay. Bunch of hay. Yeah, just a bunch of hay. Uh, we see as Abyss is terrorizing these ladies, AJ Styles and some random bald guy walk by. And uh, yeah. it, it, uh, I guess AJ Styles was not too keen on Abyss being a weirdo to these ladies. So yeah, because he, start, he starts talking shit. Abyss still wanted Jeff, right? For whatever reason. He was yeah, still trying Abyss, to get or... like something with Jeff. And then Abyss comes by, or then AJ Styles comes by and he's like, You're not going to scare these ladies. You oh, no, 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 no. I know what happened. Abyss had defeated Jeff Hardy for that, uh, for that world title shot, you know, at the pay per view in that ladder match. And so oh, Abyss went to go see Trinity and Tracy to have it, I, I would assume, like, notarized or whatever to, like, set the match. And, uh, I don't know, he was just being a real fucking weirdo about it, as Abyss yeah. is, and AJ Styles was not having it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, he was like, are you gonna, you may terrorize these women, but you don't terrorize me. Uh, you don't come scare on, me. Boy. Yeah, just, uh, uh, just attacking Abyss, really. Yeah. Um, and then after that, they cut to Don West and Tanae, who just explain to us exactly why Abyss was being a weirdo for uh, anyone who, like you, you fucking idiot, forget. Yeah. <laughs> uh, AJ Styles comes back and uh, brawls with Abyss for being a total prick. Pretty much, yeah. And so the opening match... Oh, Davey, my guy, uh, Buck uh, Quartermain. Now, hold on, before we get any further, so it's Buck Quartermain versus the, the big old monster man, Triton. But before we get into that, I got to talk about something. So I did, exten- I did extensive. Okay, I, I, got, wow. I, got the whole, I got the whole research team on this, bro. All my people looking into wow. Buck Quartermain. I had to know what this man was about. Come to find out, this dude debuted in pro wrestling in like 1995. Really? This guy worked in the ten year. Yeah, this dude. This dude worked in the Fed in WCW, ECW. This dude worked everywhere, and honestly, that's my guy. (laughs) Wow. Um, I don't know if I would ever believe you if you had told me. But Quartermain has worked in all of the independent or professional wrestling, all of the not independent, all of the largest professional wrestling promotions, uh, excluding obviously AEW. Doesn't count. That's, I mean, he's been retired. Yeah. I think if I read correctly, he's been retired since about two thousand eight ish. Okay. Wow. Buck Buck Quartermain doing big things very clearly. Ten year vet Dang. worked for all of the. Grand wrestling promotions in the West. It's kind of uh, it's kind of nutty, honestly. Like, hey, hey, when I said weeks ago, Buck Quartermain's my fucking dude. All this did was just further confirm to me that Buck Quartermain is that dude. I don't care what you say. I don't care what no. others say. To me, Buck Quartermain is the dark horse. <laughs> the dark horse. of two thousand five uh, impact. I'm not sure about that. I'm not exactly sold on that. But hey, we'll see, right? Hey, we'll see. So uh, the match gets started. The two uh, tie up, uh, you know, collar and elbow. Triton throws. <laughs> he throws Buck away like a piece of trash, like a piece of paper. 
get out of here, yep. kid. Uh, they work each other uh, all the way to the corner where Triton gets a, a nice beel toss on uh, Buck. Again, throwing this guy like a child. R- reminder yeah. that Buck Quartermain is like a solid 240 easily. Uh, lots of uh, shoulder, what is it, shoulder strikes or whatever into the corner from Triton into the abdomen of Buck Quartermain. Uh, with an Irish whip off the ropes. Big boot, absolutely crushing. This was actually a pretty nice uh, big boot. As much as I give Triton shit, it was a nice big boot. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a nice boot. I This dude, Triton, is just real real clunky. It just, he's just, yeah. He's, I feel if I like... Remember, if I remember correctly, he was at the biz for like five years at this point, and he, I don't think he's in the biz for another year much longer after this so damn impact really made this guy quit <laughs> yeah he's uh he's he's something yeah so then after yeah, that I... uh triton continues to just beat the absolute fucking piss out of buck quarterman just making him his bitch boy you know little man all that good stuff Buck tries to mount something of a comeback after he lands a low drop kick to the knee of triton you know gotta gotta bring the big man down and all that but uh, it gets, gets cut off with a holy shit, this spine buster to the seventh circle of hell. This shit was like, go away, kid. Yeah, that spine buster was nasty, bro. Murdered him. Murdered him. Said goodbye. And then uh, then Train hit an F5 that he called a T3, and that was lame as fuck, but whatever. Yeah. And that was the end of the match. It was a match. We'll say, uh... Hey, hey, Buck Quarterman on TV is all I want, you know what I mean? My guy right well, I guess if he's not in the main, he's got to be in the opener, right? Yeah. Speaking of TV, after that, we had a that that goddamn blue-collar TV ad with Jeff. Yeah, Garrett. once I saw that they were just re-rolling the ad again, I because I was like, I don't, I don't want to see this again. Yeah, I just, I, just, I just had to mention that they're still playing. <laughs> they're fucking lying, saying Jeff Jarrett is uh Oh, he, he could be a real big actor. He could be a real big star. We're, we're thinking about making him a regular on the show. Get the fuck out of here, bro. Get out of here. Here, bro, I'm going to talk about what the hell. Yeah, and so... Then, uh, uh, do you want to take the next part there? Yeah, so um, after that, what, Conan, he's chilling backstage, pacing around. And then uh, the outlaw, he walks up, he walks up to Conan, and he, they just start... They just start going back and forth. Like mean mugging each other. Yeah, they they start mean mugging each other. They they go back and forth. And pretty much Conan is just like, what the fuck is up? Like, why are you? He kind of sounds like he's in a relationship, honestly. He's like, what the fuck is up? Like, why are you going around, sneaking around with your partner? Yeah, like, what do you got to, what business do you have with him? Blah, blah, blah. And then uh, fucking... BG comes and he breaks it up. He breaks up the little tension and Truth is there looking like the third member of Three Live Crew, which is fucked oh, up. That's fucked up. They had the former NWA World's Champion right. the third guy. Right. It's fucked up. This he should be the first guy. BG should be the third guy. What is this? Ron Kings was my dude when I was uh, watching TNA back in the day. Yeah, so basically a whole bunch of Conan and the Outlaw giving each other shit and BG acting like the peacekeeper. Whole thing was a total schmoz. Whatever. 
uh, after that, we had, I don't know what this tag team pairing was of, oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. was it 1000% Guapo Shocker and Jeff Hardy versus mm-hmm. Lex Lovett and David Young. And before we get into that, I have to ask, what happened to the team of Lex Lovett and Buck Quartermain? Honestly, if I had to be completely honest with you, Lex Lovett, David Young, and Buck Quartermain are all just interchangeable individuals. (laughs) (laughs) If I had to to be completely honest with you. Don't be be disrespecting my boy Buck Quartermain like that. You know, this ain't what I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, I I confuse Lex Lovett and Buck Quartermain all the time. The only reason I know David Young is because he's got a beer gut, a bald head, and a losing streak. Or I guess he did win like two weeks ago. Or whatever, oh, shit, whatever. But, yeah, he's still that. He he's a loser. So yeah. when I, when, yeah, he's got a six Man, when Lex Lovett and David Young came out to the ring, I dead ass for a second almost thought they were the Basham brothers because <laughs> they were just two insanely like, looking bald dudes, and I was like, yeah. no way. Yeah. I'm like, oh, oh no no no, that's Lex Lovett and David Young, whoever they are. I uh, I was also very confused as to why. Jeff Hardy and the shock, the shocker. What is this? Spider Man? Shocker are teaming. That was a very odd pairing to me. Because baby faces. I guess. I mean, why not? You you put one of your most over dudes on the roster with a guy you're trying to get over. It makes sense. Uh, I suppose so. Uh, match starts. Jeff Hardy's. T- <laughs> Jeff Hardy chain wrestling is something to fucking behold for sure. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Jeff Hardy, not the, uh, not okay. a glamorous technician. He, yeah, well, he, that's not what people came to see him do. Let's just say Jeff is not Matt. Let's just say no, that. no, just like Matt's not Jeff. And Matt, you know, they 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 both do certain things, you know. You and know, they, 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 both, they both got they both got their own things. I don't want to get into this conversation because it's very very divisive for some reason to say that. Uh, uh, one Hardy is better than the other. We both we, uh, we all know which one is which, but we're not we, going to say it because you we, all know the answer. Yeah, we uh, all anyway, know the answer. But anyway, uh, Jeff takes down David Young, lends a that that little leg drop between the legs gimmick he does. It's one of my favorite yep. things ever, dude. Whenever he does that, I'm like, yeah, baby, let's go. Which is always an illegal move, and I don't understand it. Well, hey man, it's a it's a gut kick, brother. <laughs> they always sell the balls. It's just like the atomic drop thing. Yeah, they don't know how to sell that move right. Shocker tags in. They do some cool double team stuff. Uh, a kind of weird looking top rope lariat for a two count on Lex Lovett from Shocker. I don't know why. So Jeff Hardy was outside of the ring. I he had tagged back in, and I didn't understand why the ref was distracted when there should have been a ten count going on. But the, whatever. Uh, Did you forget the company you were watching? You didn't understand why. Bro, I'm was- look, look, look. Yeah, he I'm doesn't need a reason anytime, to be distracted. Anytime I see bad officiating, I'm gonna say something. Okay, this we are I documenting mean, this. Fuck. I mean, this is uh, yeah. This happens a lot, quite a lot. Yeah. David Young tags tags back into the match, and he he hits uh. Jeff Hardy with this super shitty looking back uh, back body drop just did he basically Hardy basically did a front flip right over him and got like 
no height, no height. It looked awful. Uh, Shocker tags in, hits a top rope double drop kick to both men in the ring. Uh, does that shockwave pin to David Young and the easy one, two, three, because how the fuck do you kick out of that? Actually, stealing that pin to shock, or the, yeah, I'm definitely taking that because fuck, fuck. Just the, the hammer lock. Dude, that thing is crazy. That reminds me of another move that I want to yoink too. Uh, it's from that fucking Rumble Roses game. If that, I think that's the name. Yeah, is it the cross face chicken wing suplex? <laughs> that shit went crazy. No, it's the uh, it's the uh, hammerlock into the fucking somehow German suplex. Oh yeah, I don't know about that one. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's because it's like a hammerlock. You you get them in a hammerlock, and then you turn them around to where you're in front of them, but you keep their arm trapped in the hammerlock, and then you fucking suplex them and turn them in the air and, and it ends up being a German. It's fucked. But it Nasty. Looks amazing. Yeah, it's... it's uh, so I'm yoinking that one as well. But uh, you, you know what isn't fucking cool is uh, DDP's entrance theme because god <laughs> damn it! Uh, uh, so DDP wants an answer about uh, the six-man, six-sides steel match for lockdown pay-per-view coming up uh, in the middle of April. Uh, I am going to skip DDP's entrance every single time he appears from now on because I just cannot bear to listen to it. Um, I, I understand. Yeah, so DDP uh, calls Dusty down to the ramp and in a lot of Dusty Rhodes-type words announces that Jeff Jarrett, Monty Brown, and the Outlaw are going to take on DDP, Kevin Nash, and Sean Waltman in a six-side-to-steel contest. Uh, DDP then cuts a promo about Monty Brown being an absolute goober for thinking that being an ally of Jeff Jarrett was any sort of a good idea. And then Jarrett, along with his homeboys, are seen on the large screen beating the absolute piss out of uh, Kevin Nash with uh, Chris Candido, The Naturals, and maybe some other people, but I really could not tell what the hell was happening. Which is weird that Chris Candido and The Naturals were made to look good on big, sexy, daddy, cool guy Kevin Nash. But that's weird. I think it's where the naturals are made to look good, period, but that's just me. Yeah. I still don't – I mean, I know their names, but I don't know who is who. I mean, to me, you know, back in, what, 20, 2015 – I don't know if you were watching NXT back then. 2015, 2016. Uh-huh. Well, I don't think it was 2016. I think they were more established. But around 2015, uh, they were the Mechanics, the Revival. Oh, the uh, mechanics. Which one's – which one's Dash? Which one's Dawson? Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. having a hard time with that. I. Which one's Chase? Which one's Andy? Like. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's just the blonde and the brunette natural to me. I... <laughs> and is even that, then. Is that why they're called the naturals? Because they're hair color? Because they sure as shit ain't entertaining wrestlers. Yeah, because and even then, it's just the natural. Say blonde or brunette. It's just like the natural. It's just. Oh, what a team name. Backstage, we have Raven, who approaches Jeff Hardy, and I already know where the fuck this shit's going, baby. He asks him if he'd be interested in forming some sort of team, because uh, their fan bases are kind of like uh, similar, I suppose, according to Raven. Jeff said, yeah, that's cool, man, but uh, fuck no. Mm-hmm. Uh, if not for the fact that I had already seen where this goes from an old TNA Jeff Hardy compilation DVD that I've had since I was six. 
maybe I would have <laughs> thought this wasn't going where it's going, but maybe it's going where it's going. Raven was pissed. Raven was pretty pissed, yeah. Which is which is weird because actually Jeff Hardy turned him down very politely. I just said fuck off because it just makes more sense to me. No, yeah, he he was just like, uh, I think thanks, bro. Yeah, thanks for the invitation, but no, nah, man, I, I'm good. I'm fine with our Sam or our fan bases being separate. That's literally all he said. And then Raven was like, "Yeah, that's cool, you, man." Dad. Except, fuck you. <laughs> that's for true. And then we move on to. The Rock versus, but no, I mean Sonny Siaki versus Apollo. Now, um, Apollo's got like, or is it Sonny Siaki? Fuck, you see, I, I think it's Siaki <laughs> that's got like, I don't know, maybe two or three inches on Apollo, maybe, or maybe it's the other way around. I think Apollo is slightly taller than Siaki. Either fucking way. Doesn't matter. Regardless These guys are basically the same guy. <laughs> These guys are like the same dude. It's insane. It's fucking. I hate it. Watching this match was so confusing, and it's and they didn't even have the same color like trunks on. So oh, see, I shouldn't have got. Okay, here's why. Here's why I'm I I'm. Uh... It's really the only way I knew, but I still shouldn't have gotten as confused as I was. I compare Apollo to Batista for these reasons. He uses a spear. He wears white trunks, black knee pads, and red boots. That's Batista. Okay. Yeah. That is Batista. And he looks like from the back without like imagine if Batista didn't have that massive tattoo all over his back. You would or, think it's him. Or, you know, those fucking huge traps. Okay, well look, okay, it's like the little baby man version of Batista, but still. Yeah. Dude, both these dudes are fucking I mean, they're both pretty big. They're, yes, very big. Maybe all natty. Probably not in 2005. For Apollo, doubtful. Siaki, sure, I'd believe it. Yeah, I'd believe it for uh, uh, for Siaki. Yeah, Apollo looks like know, he might have been on some of the gas. Apollo looks like he's about to burst, man. <laughs> so, You're I mean, so <laughs> Triton earlier looked like he was also about to burst. He also had the fucking back knee too. So, oh yeah, the the absolute giveaway. Uh, basically, not a whole lot really happened in this match. Uh, Apollo really early on hit a spear, which I thought is so odd because conventionally in pro wrestling, a spear is accepted as like a finish. Especially yeah. in 2005 when fucking Goldberg was just around and Batista's like getting on his feet. You know, like Edge, is Edge is doing the spear. Like, bro, like, there are so many people using the spear as a finish, and a pausing is my setup move. It's kind of weird. Uh, they trade some chops back and forth, Siaki and uh, Apollo. Siaki. Uh, so Siaki got slapped in the face a couple times by uh, Apollo early in the match, and he made sure to return those. And uh, for his troubles, Apollo hits him with a goddamn super kick. And then he goes for a second one immediately after because he thinks he's some fucking cool guy. But uh, Apollo... Not Apollo. Siaki. Damn, I'm getting these dudes fucking mixed up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Siaki, Siaki manages to uh, duck it, and he hits him with a backstabber to show him, don't do that, dumbass. Um, Siaki sends Apollo into the corner, but Apollo gets this crazy deep super deep roll-up pin on uh, Siaki. They uh, they shake hands and show some respect after the match, and that's when... Oh, brother. Kid Cash, accompanied by his cock shirt, comes out. 
Yo, I'm gonna. He comes to the stage as a bunch of senseless crap bullshit. I didn't. I didn't like a single word of what he said. Uh, Siaki. So so basically, Kid Cash comes out and calls him a bunch of gays or whatever for showing respect to each other after a match or whatever. Like, okay. And so Siaki's like, all right, well, if you're so freaking tough, bruv, why don't you come fight us right now? And uh, they end up just chasing Cash and Hoyt to the back. So I assume that there's going to be some sort of tag team match going down. I mean, I'm kind of, I mean, I'm cool with Siaki and Apollo teaming together. because It seems like a pretty neat team, I suppose. But man, I did not fucking like what Kid Cash was on about here. You skip the gay bashing. I mean, I don't even think any of these dudes are gay. If they were, it didn't matter. Bro, they shook uh, hands. Like what? Right, they just shook hands what the to show hell are you talking about, dude? Like, All right, well, you weirdos. I'm, I what the fuck? Like, are you weirdos? All right, you respectful pro wrestling baby faces. Like, come on, bro. You athletes are showing respect for your athletic competition. How dare you? You must be gay, you, bro. You like what the fuck, bro? Yeah, whatever. Just, Weird. Whoever whoever told him to say that's off their fucking shit. And uh, after that, we get something that's a bit more uh, not shitty. Uh, Shane Douglas is backstage with Dustin Rhodes, and they're talking about Dustin's upcoming match with Bob Rude, my guy. Dustin claims that never in the history of time has a Canadian beaten a Texan. Sure, bro, right? sure, sure, yep. Uh, <laughs> Scott Demore takes massive exception, telling him about all the times Bret Hart beat Shawn Michaels' jabroni ass all over. Oh, no, he didn't say any of that. But he did say that Bob Roode is better than any wrestler who has ever come out of Texas. USA, 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 USA. Hell yeah. I don't know about that either. Ah, man, everyone's being senseless on this show. It's crazy. Speaking of senseless, the main event... Phi Delta Slam, my absolute favorite team in all of Impact versus America's Most Wanted. Yeah, whatever those dudes are about. Yeah, I got Phi Delta Slam, brother. Okay, Um, so I I, I don't exactly remember these dudes' names. I think it's like Big Tilly and... Yeah, Big Tilly and Bruno. Here's the thing. The only thing redeemable about Phi Delta Slam is that top rope splash. That is the only thing about them that is redeeming. And Trinity. Yeah. Well, that's because they're both like 400 fucking pounds. So yeah, no so choice. a 400 pounder doing a splash is sick. But, but otherwise, like, get rid of these dudes, please. These dudes don't know how to apply a headlock. And I, I mean that literally. Like they, they do it on the... Yeah, it was loose and just didn't look good and fucking... They do it on the right side instead of the left. They do, they do a lucha headlock. It's like, it's fine in Mexico, but that's not how we work over here. That's how it goes, brother. Um, uh, Bruno extends his leg back after Chris Harris goes for an up and over in the corner, so he gets a free nut shot on him. I thought that was pretty smart. Yeah. Uh, that was one of the that was one of the few things that these five Delta dudes did that was pretty good. Uh, after that, Harris starts to kind of mount a comeback. Tags in uh, the cowboy James Storm into the ring, who is just an absolute house of fire. Just absolutely annihilates these dudes, bro. He just he he just cleans up, fight up the slam real quick. Uh, before 
AMW could uh, put these nerds away. Team Canada strikes, and it all kind of ends as uh, Big Tilly goes for a top rope splash, but Dustin Rhodes, ever American as ever, uh, comes to the rescue of AMW and gets uh, a few a few decent shots on Bobby Roode. There's a whole yeah. bunch of brawn and whatever, and the baby faces come out on top, and they're like, oh, we're going. See you next week. And that was amazing. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I got to ask, you know, what the fuck was this show? I don't know, dude. I'm hoping that it gets better. Like, like there was, like, what, we saw who? We saw AJ and Abyss in the opening seg, and we saw... Uh, Conan and Bill Gunn for a minute, and then we saw Jeff Hardy and Raven, and then there wasn't a whole lot else. I don't know. Everything just feels so filler. Like the entire show was filler. Was yeah, like, every every match on the show meant absolutely nothing. Yeah, and I don't. I feel like it's felt that way for like the last two or three weeks now. So. Yeah, it's, I'm really hoping that uh, at least soon we get like at least one like you know like a good show. You know. Or hopefully everything resets after the uh, after this upcoming pay per view. They start taking things. Yeah, I'm hoping that they. I'm hoping that some sort of direction is taken, and they kind of. I don't know. They just they need something here because having matches like Fight Delta Slam in the main event and fucking Triton in the opener, like dog, this ain't it. Yeah. This ain't it. Like the only like actually decent match. Was Siaki and Apollo? Those are the, that was the only match that was decent, and it went like four minutes. It was followed by some bullshit with, and it was cash. followed with some bullshit that really got me upset and pissed. So, so kind of ruined it. It was, but uh, uh, that was that was impact for. That was impact. That was that was impact for March twenty fifth of two thousand five. So, brother, brother, you wanna? Go ahead and do this carny commentary segment that we do occasionally. Occasionally when we feel like it, yeah. You tell me the word, and I will define it with my big wrestling mark brain. Right, and then I will try to give you a my own wrestling mark. You know what, this week, you know what, this week, it's your turn to go first, big man. I'm saying I'm going first. It's your turn. Of course. You go first, jabroni. I just... Up. So we agreed on. Okay, so the first word, <clears throat> the first word, the first word that uh, the one of two that we're going to talk about this week is angle. What is an angle? <laughs> I don't know. What is an angle, my friend? Uh, well, an angle my friend is okay so within the wonderful world of kayfabe you know which you previously explained go back and find that episode things happen you know the uh, things drive people together stories happen so say that uh now i know my definition personally is probably going to be different than a lot of uh, a lot of people's, but I feel like my definition most closely aligns with what I've heard wrestlers say. Mm-hmm. So, 
I would say an angle would be okay. So say there's a story, right? Story is, uh, take for example, um, fuck it, the the Matt Hardy, uh, the Matt Hardy Kane gimmick. Uh, let's say that that's the story, right? So. Are you, are you talking about when Kane got Lita pregnant with his demon baby? Unfortunately. Hey. Um, <laughs> yeah, so so the story uh, the, the 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 thing that put them together, right? The the story itself is <sighs> Matt Hardy and Lita are a couple and Demon or er, and Kane rapes her and puts a demon baby in her and marries her. So, like... <laughs> Bro, hold on the, one second. R- Monday Night Raw was on some fucking shit. Yeah, so the story as to why they're fighting is because it boils down to Kane stole Matt Hardy's girlfriend. That's, that, that's the story. Kane, so what I would you say, fucked my girlfriend. I'm going to kick your ass. So I would say an angle is going to be a pivotal, a pivotal role in the story that helps it progress. So uh, the angle of, well, it, uh, fuck, the baby being miscarried and Lita becoming catatonic. Uh, <laughs> That is a part of the story that helped it progress from one point to the other and kept the feud itself alive. So an angle uh, TLDR in turn. An angle is a point in a storyline that helps pivot the story, progresses it forward, whatever, whatever. So that is an angle. Um, at least that's my definition for an angle. I know, like I said, some other people may have other definitions for an angle, but I feel like that's the one that's, if I had to say, that's, in my opinion, I think that's the one that's most correct. What yeah, is your definition? I, I'm going to say, I'm, I'm going to say it in much more simpler terms, right? So an angle to me is essentially an event that takes place within a story. So, you know, like in a story, you have like the, you know, like rising action and climax and falling action, right? So an angle essentially is somewhere in there, one of those points in a story. If you remember anything your first grade English teacher ever taught you, then you know what the fuck I'm talking about. Yeah. See, I tried to keep this within the world of wrestling. You're trying to... I'm talking about about storytelling in the world of pro wrestling, which is a dying art. What man? Fuck that. Let me do a eleven ninety moon bomb. <laughs> I'm gift wrestling. Fuck off. Yeah, I'll do the fucking offspring. I'm getting. I'm getting views on Twitter. Whatever. All right. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, so uh, according what are, to the, what does the internet say? Uh, the internet says an angle is a fictional storyline. An angle usually begins when. Attacks another physically or verbally, which results in revenge. An angle may be a small; it may be as small as a singles match or vendetta that lasts 
is it's not uncommon to see an angle become retconned due to not getting over fans. Uh, another one, over. over. Or if one of the wrestlers currently involved in the angle is fired. We're hurt. We're hurt, yeah. So, uh, again. So that's just, that's just even broader saying that it's the entire story itself. Yeah. I feel like we could probably specify specified a little bit more than that but i think i think my definition is quite apt but that's because i think i'm right about everything fair enough all right but, and... no, but no, i think that's because i am and that's it mm. <laughs> i'm always right every time hmm. so the next word that we are going on is or yeah it, it it's blading Oh, baby, we're blading. So, I mean, I don't think I need to spend a lot of time on this. even sounds simple. Blading to blade. Um, The the act of blading really is just when a Bladeology. (laughs) Right. The study (laughs) of blading. Uh, No, but... (laughs) uh, Blading essentially is when a wrestler... They they cut they cut themselves for for color for with a with a literal color. blade, literal blade. So it'll it'll be a usually a razor blade of some sort. I don't know where it comes from. Comes from a fucking yeah, uh, those razor from a fucking pencil sharpener. I don't, I don't know where this blade comes. from. The box cutter. I don't know. Usually, but, usually they use um the blades that you would use for like a like a razor in a barber shop. Okay, yeah. So you get a blade. And uh, some wrestlers have been historically known to hide it in strange places. Sometimes wrestlers will get the blade handed to them at one point in the match from the referee, usually after a big oh, spot. So, uh, and it's... Say a wrestler gets hit in the head, the, re- the, the referee will like slide in to make it look like he's checking on him, but he'll slide a blade into his hand, and the wrestler that did the chair shot will fucking get the attention and then the guy will blade which means like i said he'll cut himself usually above the brow it's usually where it's done or at least usually where i've seen it done but some dudes go coast to coast right across <laughs> the forehead hey check my hairline b some guys go coast to coast and uh eddie guerrero is uh, an example yeah I think think that's the number one example of going coast to coast. He nicked an artery. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah, don't. Uh, don't, Pro wrestlers out there, if you blade, don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. Um, I also know blading as gigging or getting color. Yeah, that's a nice nice, uh, synonym for the word. I also know it as gigging or getting color. Uh, and I think, I mean, I guess I can, yeah, I mean, I know historically, like, Hulk Hogan, notorious liar, so take this salt, has said that he likes to, uh, hide his blade under his tongue during matches. Bullshit. Bullshit. I don't believe a fucking word of that. Bullshit. No motherfucker this side of the Atlantic is doing that. Or the Pacific, I should say. So yeah, he said that he likes to hide his blade under his tongue and then, you know, spit it out when time's right, do the old gig job, and uh, 
put it away. Uh, Ric Flair is a guy who, uh, if I had to kill the business, Ric Flair is a guy that would hide a blade in his uh, in his uh, his finger tape. So what he would do is he would wrap a blade, or he would wrap his fingers in tape, and he would wrap uh, a blade. He he would essentially make a pocket of tape for the blade that he could like push the blade up and push the blade down and gig himself when he needed to. That that's what he did. That's what a lot of wrestlers do. Conventionally, a lot of wrestlers would also um, hide their blade in their wrist tape. Yes, wrist where tape they would well. where they they would they would cut down the razor blade to be very small. And then after they they tape up their wrist, they'd put the blade on their tape and then put another layer of tape just over it. Yep. That way, when the time came, they could simply just pull it out from underneath their tape, do the do the thing, and another so, fucking if you're balls enough to just toss it like a dumbass or put it back. Wrist tape, uh, finger tape, and under, under your tongue, apparently, your tongue, allegedly, allegedly, yeah, yeah. Like the, yeah I like to see yeah. anyone actually do that. Usually, well, from the ref, wrist tape and finger tape are usually the places that wrestlers hide their blade. Some wrestlers have been known to hide the blade in their own gear, which is fucking absurd to me. About all that, yeah, I'm all set on that, bro. Uh, that's how you lose. That's how you lose valuables. I mean, I pretty much gave out the whole definition, but do you want to give your definition? Just yeah, blading means to fucking cut yourself and get color, brother. <laughs> all right. So, going according to internet, blading. Also known as juicing. Ah. Gigging, not juicing. Juicing, gigging, or getting color. Uh, a wrestler intentionally cutting themselves or more rarely allowing themselves to be cut by the opponent or referee. Referee. Uh, to provoke bleeding to sell the opponent's offense. Oh, yeah, I guess we didn't say why, but I, guess, I mean. I mean, you did mention taking a chair shot over the fucking head and then cutting yourself open it, to sell it. it, it it's pretty obvious as, yeah, as to why you would fucking. Gig. I mean, I, I just you're not just gonna call a novel gig. I mean, <laughs> I, uh, I mean, I feel like I feel like some of the guys in ECW would have done it for sure. Some guys maybe but they would have they, they gigged on the way to the fucking ring just because they could. Generally, well, Sandman did it every night when he bashes fucking. Yeah, but yeah, but he did it hard way. That's different. Is he it though? Smashed. He Is smashed. It really? It's harder way than with a blade. Yeah, Smashing still... your fucking head with a beer can, it didn't, always, it didn't even always work. I mean, it's fucked, yeah, but he still took metal to his head. Same color. Ain't a razor, though, it's a can. Eh, whatever. Semantics. Ain't blading. Well, don't what? you semantics me, you motherfucker. But yeah, everyone, that was the Carney commentary for the week. David Otunga has an incredible amount of things going for him. He has the it factor. As far as standing out as a personality, he's probably number one on the list. I've got more charisma than anybody up here. This guy is the next breakout WWE star. David Otunga did a great job being the host of Raw. He's got a great personality. I disagree with the both. Um, I think my guy should be one. David Otunga is a star. He is A-list, exactly what he says. He can bring a whole new fan base to the WWE. I don't know, I haven't necessarily seen the in-ring talent come up to match the persona yet. He's probably the worst NXT rookie. And I, I mean, I gotta be blunt. He's gonna hurt himself. And now, what you've all been waiting for, the big reveal. What we watched for the blast from the past, brother. We watched WWE 
NXT from May 18th, 2010. We are wild and young. Oh, we are going crazy, baby. Anything gets me hyped for a fucking wrestling show. It is wild and young. Possibly the the worst worst that WWE ever, ever used for anything. Uh, l- uh, let alone a steady weekly television show. Yeah, Just, that they use for an entire season of NXT. Three seasons. They use the song for three whole seasons. Bro, that's a year and a half. Holy crap. I can't believe no one said nothing. Uh, so, we, so, basically, you said to me, OG NXT, and I said, bet. I I snooped around and tried to find an episode that had some 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 funny shit, and if we fill in that clip that I think we're throwing in, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. But we'll get there when we get there. This I mean, show, it's funny, but with the power of hindsight, it's just it's just outright. Hilarious. Oh, dude, dude, the power of hindsight makes this show absolutely fucking incredible. Uh, this show opens the promo package showing. Uh, three contestants from NXT being eliminated on the previous episode, which were Michael yep. Carver, Daniel Bryan, and Skip Sheffield, who you may also know as Ryback. Matt yes. Stryker. So, oh, did you want to say something more about that? Uh, say, yeah, it's just a, bas- a basic recap, because this is going to be slightly important later. It's just a basic recap of showing of the show, but it shows that Michael Tarver and Daniel Bryan eliminated themselves because yeah, because they both basically pretty much said, I don't want to fucking be here. <laughs> yeah. And Skip Which, Sheffield, yeah, I think true. I eliminated. So, uh, Matt Strike is on stage and he welcomes uh, these NFC contestants, WWE pros. Yes. On the stage, we have. Right. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I didn't write it down. Did you write it down? Uh, are you talking? What are we talking about here? All the pros. Yeah, I have all their names. Okay, so I don't. I'm gonna see if I can. Remember. Oh, oh, you're gonna go acapella on this? I'll fact yeah. check you. Yeah, yeah. All right, so we had. Okay, I won't do. I was gonna say from left to right, but I'm doing it. No, just do it in whatever order you can remember. All right, so we had The Miz, mm-hmm. William Regal, yep, CM Punk, oh yeah, Matt Hardy, mm-hmm. Christian, yep. I know our truth was a pro, but I don't know if he. Was... He wasn't on the stage. That's all I got then. Man, you were close. The last one was Chris Jericho, and you almost had the order right, too. Oh, Chris Jericho, of course. I even said something about him accompanying Wade Barrett to the ring. Not, fuck. Ah, okay. It happens. Yeah, you almost had the order of them right, too. If you had switched Matt Hardy and Christian, you could have had it. Damn that. Basically, uh, Matt Stryker, having all the pros on the stage, asked them what they're looking for in a WWE superstar. Now, yeah. The Miz says some some real funny shit here. Uh The Miz talks talks about how he's looking for a superstar that can draw a greater audience than WWE already has and, yeah. and someone who has the it factor, which I thought was absolutely fucking funny coming from the guy who has probably the least it factor of all the people on that stage. Literally. Like he was he's the most Boring person and worst wrestler on that stage. Easily, without a question. Without, without a question. question. 
He said the it factor, and I was like, this is 2010 Miz we're talking They're like, bro, that's cute. He didn't have his best run until six years after. Like, come on now. (laughs) He didn't have the it factor. His best run was was like two months. Right, he didn't have the it factor until he was, what, a 15-year vet? Like, That's crazy. Right. Anyway. Daniel Bryan shit. Anyway, uh, the other pros also said a bunch of shit, but really The Miz was the only thing that really stuck out to me. Uh, yeah, this was a 10-minute uh, segment. Yeah, they just talked for 10 minutes. All I really remember was that CM Punk said something about actual in-ring ability, which most of the dudes in that ring do not fucking have. Ooh, no, they do not. Yeah, no, they don't. So, the opening contest on this beautiful episode of NXT is <laughs> Darren Young versus Wade Barrett. Now, I got to say one thing. Darren Young is uh, the NXT rookie of CM Punk. So naturally, Darren Young enters to the ring to <laughs> this fire burns by kill switch engage. <laughs> Hearing and seeing Darren Young come out to that song is very that weird. Fucking hairstyle and that. Googler. It's even weirder seeing. It's even weirder knowing Darren Young just passes CM Punk while he's coming out to his music. And just goes to the ring. Yep. And then CM Punk gave no fucks about Darren Young. Wade Barrett comes out to see or to Chris Jericho's music, which is his pro. Mm-hmm. And Jericho gets up from the stage and accompanies him to the. Yeah, he walks next to. Ba- yeah, he walks side by side with Barrett, and he's with him the entire match. Now, for the most part of this match, as I feel like anyone who knows anything about Wade Barrett and Darren Young could assume. Wade Barrett has the majority of this contest in his yes. control. Uh, especially in the beginning. There was one filthy punch that Darren Young threw that I think probably connected a lot better than he meant it to. Yeah. That thing sounded dirty. Dirty, dirty. Potato show, actually. But, uh, yeah, like, dude, dude just threw a straight-up right hand at him for no reason. <laughs> yeah, I think... I don't know if it was a timing issue or if it was an intentional shot, but they both went for a double punch. And Darren Young, like, act- it was a worked punch from Barrett, but Darren Young actually clocked Barrett. Yeah, he just Barry. punched him, which is funny because Barrett completely no-sold. Yeah, he completely no-sold <laughs> it, which, you know. No. I mean, I guess if you are a bare-knuckle fighter. which He's was a bare-knuckle brawler, brother. Yeah. He, better, he better be able to confirm it. Uh... So, some more wrestling, some more bullshit. Darren Young goes to the top rope, gets crotched by Wade Barrett, gets pulled up on the shoulders with a wasteland. Barrett wins. Chris Jericho's like, yeah, dude, whatever. I'm not surprised. Yeah, basic match. And then we get to what y'all heard before this review. The promo package (laughs) hyping up David Otunga as the A-list he, the A-list guy who is going to just absolutely take over the WWE. And, <laughs> it was like yeah. some of the goofiest, corniest shit I've ever seen. It Bro, I really... So- I For y'all at home, I highly suggest that you go out of your way to find this promo somewhere on YouTube or something and look at the way my dude David Otunga had the goddamn Monday Night Raw logo shaved into the side of his head. If it's in the uh, the clip that you sent me i might just post it to the twitter oh absolutely yeah people, then check them, 
take a look at our Twitter at TL Pro Rest Pod, please. And uh, take take a look at that. Uh, basically, they're all hyping him up, and then the the heels are hyping up David Otunga, and the faces besides CM Punk, who just does not give a fuck. Yeah. Are just completely clowning, saying David Otunga is the dirt worst, and he fucking sucks, and he needs to go away, and he's only famous because he's married to uh, Jennifer, Jennifer Hudson. Hudson. Yeah, and then he's gonna, gonna hurt himself or someone else. Yeah, and then they're, they're not even married anymore, so that that sucks, yeah. bro. Uh, then we go back to Matt Striker in the ring with Michael Tarver and Daniel Bryan. Yes. So. Yeah. Uh, so Michael Tarver started off this promo by saying, "Well, he he said the words someone like me." Yeah, I did not know where the fuck that was going. Yeah, I didn't know where it was going. I tried to keep it up in my though. And then he proceeded to say, "Well, if you line up, what is it? If you line up uh, eight limos and yeah. all of them are white." but you got one that looks like me, then of course it's going to stand out. And I'm just thinking... Like, what the fuck is this analogy, Michael? First off, I didn't understand because there were other black dudes in the competition. Uh, Secondly, he's claiming claiming racism as to why he was eliminated, but he eliminated himself. Which which Matt Stryker makes sure to remind Michael Tarver of. Yeah, like, I... He's like, no, fam, it's because you literally said last week, I don't deserve to be here, verbatim. That is what he said. Yeah, I mean, and and I know that it's mostly, I mean, a lot of NXT original was a shoot. Of of course, like, who goes through sure was was kayfabe. And I'm sure there really was real, the, the execs being, who they're particularly high up, whatnot, but. Well, I mean, yeah, that's why Wade Barrett was ranked number one in NXT for the entire season. From, from all accounts, though, when you listen to wrestlers, even wrestlers that have since left WWE, even when they talk NXT back in the day, they're like, yeah, pretty much everything was a shoot. So I'm, I'm just... He eliminated himself is really all I can think about. Like, he, he eliminated himself. Well, yeah, because like I said, the dude literally said on the mic in front of a literally full arena, I do not deserve to be here. And so yeah. he got eliminated because he felt that he... Matt Stryker said to him, how can the WWE Universe believe in, a, uh, in someone who doesn't even believe in themselves? And you know what? You know what? Great point. Yeah. So uh, Daniel Bryan is also there. And... A way different promo. He cuts a... He was also asked the same question, why'd you eliminate yourself? And he cut a promo that, in hindsight... Fuck. Shit, we could cut this today. He could cut this right now on an episode of SmackDown, and I'd be like, preach. He could say the same thing word for word and be like, right. Because it's it's true. He he basically said that he was limited from the competition because WWE is a corporate monster, and he is a man-made, self-made, just wrestling machine and he's he's made his own brand on the independent circuit and he didn't do it with the, the wwe brand so they don't like that they don't like that they can't control him and that he is uh or that he not, has not like, their you know, product 
Yeah, he's, he's not a product of the WWE. And he just, he, fuck, it's such a good promo. It's just such a good promo. And then he, you know, goes. Daniel Bryan essentially, he basically says that uh, WWE management cannot afford to be prejudiced about who they choose to push because guys like Daniel Bryan can make WWE so much money. And in hindsight, he was dead fucking right because if you remember, how, how over was the Yes movement in 2014? That shit was so over. They were doing it at soccer games in yeah, Europe. He was, he was saying, like, yeah, he can make them a lot of money. But he doesn't. He's not big, and he doesn't fit the uh, the the archetype. WWE, of, yeah, the, the, the archetype. archetype. And uh, he was even saying, <laughs> at one point, he turned to the Miz and was, "I am better than you." And you got CM Punk and William Regal, like, yeah, like, yeah, so much, is. by a lot, hey, yeah, bro, that popped me. That they're like, yeah, he is so much, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, he. Like like you said, in hindsight, it it's amazing, and they, and they really couldn't afford to be prejudiced about who they pushed. But Vince tried tooth and nail anyway, until he literally didn't have a choice. Yeah, but now you also have to remember that this is 2010, right? So I bet like an average Monday Night Raw rating was still like a good four or five million, right? No, yeah, absolutely. And and now we're like within two years, we could easily see one million <laughs> because. WWE is prejudiced on who they decide to push because they don't fucking know how to make money. I mean, even at the or even like when the three hour shit started, I think they were on good Raws, they could still draw a a, a consistent five. Yeah. Which is crazy to think about. That was like only seven years ago. They could they could draw a consistent five. Yeah, Vince McMahon would probably like sacrifice his own family to get a five again. Right. If it was, what? yeah, if it was the, uh, if it was just an average show, they'd probably sit around like a. If it was a, a real good show, we usually get about a five, and it's crazy. Yeah, like you said, he would probably sell his family to get, to five get those numbers years. back, and. Like I don't want to hark. I don't want to hark on this because, like, talk WWE. There, are, there are many reasons as to why this business is losing viewers. Well, yeah, I mean, the pro wrestling scene itself has lost steam consistently over the last twenty years, and uh, it, well, yeah, it, it is but... almost it is almost entirely the WWE's fault for sucking so many eggs. I I agree. But I feel like the the decline from 2013 or whenever they went to three hours to now. Oh, was it? it, it I feel like drastic compared to the to the 13 yeah. years prior. Absolutely, yeah, it's more of a significant thing that they should worry about than. Yeah, absolutely. Now they very, should very slow burn from the the attitude era to the beginning of. Uh, Pretty much the beginning like the, of that. Like the indie wrestler era of WWE. Which I, I guess you could really say kicked off with Daniel Bryan getting big. I mean, they lost pretty much a million viewers in a year, right? I, I remember probably about two years ago. Yeah, they they bled some serious around, viewers. Around uh, Rumble season, they were pulling like two. 
and then Rumble season last year. They were barely getting over one and a half. No, Rumble season last year, I think. Or no, last year. Or no, this year was barely over one and a half. I think last year they were barely pulling twos. Yeah, they were barely pulling twos. So they, lost, they, they lost a million people in a year. And they've lost another five, six hundred thousand since then. Well, that's what happens when you don't listen to Daniel Bryan's promo on the May 18th episode of NXT. Fuck, uh, go listen to it again. He's got the network. I'm sure Vince has Just go listen to it again. It's a reminder. Yeah. Uh, after Daniel Bryan finishes his tirade on the Fed, he turns his attention to Michael motherfucking Cole. And, uh, oh, baby, he makes sure to rip this boy a new asshole. He gets out of the ring, literally walks up to Michael Cole, ready to confront. He was ready to throw hands with him. Uh, I mean, he did. I mean, he did throw hands with him, but he had, you know, he gave off the energy. Like, I'm coming over here to beat the shit out of you because I don't work here anymore. Uh, Daniel Bryan gets out to the, to the announcer's area. And he starts mean mugging with Cole. He starts pushing him and pushing him. And eventually he decides to start just ki- he just kicks his ass. He just beats the piss out of him. He's like, dude, you know what, Michael Cole? Fuck you. And fuck your coal miners or whatever. We ain't even there yet, but it's soon. Okay, and fuck them. <laughs> fuck them too, though. Yeah. Yeah, eventually the referees come out and break it up. And Daniel Bryan gets pulled out. And that was the end of that. But it, mm. but it was kind of cathartic to watch Michael Cole get his ass beat in 2010. I agree. Especially because he's about to get home. Oh man, it's about to get really bad. <laughs> uh, so the next match on the card was Justin Gabriel versus Heath Slater. This was the main event of the card, bro. Yeah, this was the main event. Next and last match of the card, yes. Uh, fuck, fucking Justin Gabriel was throwing some potatoes in this match. Justin but Gabriel and I, he didn't care, bro. He's like, fuck this. But, like, the first... Like one of the first moves in this match is uh, Gabriel attempting a Pescado and Slater just kicks him out of the air. Like he just kicks him out of the air. It's fucked. Yeah. Moments after the match starts, Michael Cole just walks away from the commentary table because he just couldn't be bothered. Uh, so he just like he just left Josh Matthews on. Yeah, he just left Josh Matthews at the table all by himself to call it on his own. Now I will say that this Josh Matthews is not close to is not even close to as bad as Impact Wrestling Josh Matthews. I don't even, it's, that's not even up for debate. Mostly that's because even... in this match, Matthews was just calling the moves, which I, okay, first of all, I can't even, I can't even listen to Impact Josh Matthews because they fucking, they, they do something to his microphone, they turn down the bass in his voice and it makes, I hate it. It's weird. I don't like it. So I can't even listen to it because it's real cringe. Especially because I know how he's supposed to sound. So that makes it worse. And then he's just so insufferable when I, whenever I hear his impact commentary. It's like, fuck, get on with it. Yeah, thankfully he yeah. did pretty okay by himself here. Uh, Heath Slater hit a dirty, dirty, filthy, filthy, sick, nasty, double-A spine buster on Justin Gabriel. I thought that it, this, yeah. could have, this, this could have been the end of the match right here. Like I would have, I would have bought on that. Okay, I would have bought it. Cream to this dude. It's just, oh man. Bro, he said, this is my die move. <laughs> yeah, you got a two count for that one. Uh, some more wrestling around until Justin Gabriel gets back on top. Hits a 450 on Slater for the W. Yep. And then they have uh, Skip Sheffield, the, the 
the Ryan Gorilla back. Yep. Talk about how he was eliminated because he is the biggest threat on NXT. And that's what literally anyone would say. Yeah. Uh, after that, we then see a Darren package, just hyping him up. They got Darren Young, and they're all talking about how how hard he has it being CM Punk's rookie because yeah. he's he's like the what they say he's like the Miami party boy, and his mentor is the leader of the Straight Edge Society. So pretty much, yeah. You know, all things considered, I kind of wish that Punk had shaved his head just for the just cause. Just cause. I mean, if we ever, uh, I was about to say, if we ever review NXT, you might see it. But fucking no fucking. Do they ever do that? I don't. I don't know. I don't remember. It's been a very long time since I've watched this. Well, I mean, I honestly, I didn't even watch the original NXT. I just, I always just saw like funny commentary clips on YouTube because that's all I know about the show. You know, I watched like the first three seasons. Well, you're a stronger man than I. But, yeah, so after this uh, Darren Young promo pair, I guess it was kind of a hype package, really. Kind of. Um, unfortunate news for Darren Young, because we come to the main event segment, the elimination round, where we get all the fellas. It's, uh, Gabriel Slater... Young, fuck, two other ones, Barrett, and I'm missing one, aren't I? There was, Otung- uh, yeah, Otunga was, yeah, Otunga was there. Uh. Yeah. So uh, we get ready for elimination. Okay, Way Barrett gotta, number one. Let, let oh. me speak on this real quick, right? So we just watched in the main event, right? Justin Gabriel defeat Heath Slater, but and and. and I'm 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 fairly certain that Justin Gabriel has a better record in NXT than Heath yeah. Slater. Six right? and three. Point, he was seven. and three. Going into yeah. that match. And that loss made Slater five and five. Yeah. So Gabriel coming into this segment was eight and three, mm-hmm. to Slater's five and five. But Heath Slater was still ranked higher in, in yeah. on the leaderboard of NXT. The Justin Gabriel for reasons I do not know. I don't know if you wrote them down, but I'm pretty sure I remember the rankings. So it was Wade Barrett at number one, Tunga yep. two, Slater moved up to number three. Uh, that leaves me with Gabriel and, and Young, right? Gabriel. Gabriel yeah, Gabriel was number four, and yeah. then number five, the man who was eliminated from this episode of NXT, the man Darren they just Young. Up. Yeah, the man they literally just did a hype package on. Darren Young is eliminated. Uh, he shakes Matt Stryker's hands. He gets a live mic and just goes for the super baby face. I'm so happy to be here, and I respect you and you and you and you and whatever the fuck. And the crowd you know, he's the, the whole time up until yeah, I don't know what that was all about. And then uh, the crowd says, uh, na 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 na, na 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 na, hey hey hey, goodbye. And uh, yeah. that is see you later, bitch. <laughs> don't let the door hit your ass on the way out, jabroni. And then they, uh, 
then they replay the the Daniel Bryan ass whooping of Michael Cole, and then the show goes off the air. Yes, it does. Now and... I got it. Now, now let me say one thing real quick before we, uh, you know, start to think about wrapping this whole thing up. This episode of NXT, all in all, pretty good. Pretty yeah, it good. wasn't terrible. Yeah, it was, Besides it was that opening segment being a little rough because it was just overtly long, yeah, the rest of this show was, in my opinion, very well paced. I mean, the David Otunga promo gave me some good laughs. A lot of good laughs. Yeah, um, if they could have just done something, I don't know, they could have just shortened that beginning bit a bit. They could have shaved four or five minutes off that easy. Yeah, it didn't. They were just shooting. Long. They were literally just shooting the shit on the stage for ten minutes while the fans watched. Yeah, it didn't need to be that long. Yeah. But, uh, I think that is well. That's the show. Yeah. So. Yeah. What is this going to be? Episode fourteen, fifteen. I don't. Uh... Somewhere in there, it's a number. It's two. It's it's a two-digit number. That's all I know. That's true. It's gonna be episode fifteen. So this is gonna be episode fifteen. This is keen, or this has been episode fifteen of the Taking Liberties Pro Wrestling Podcast. We want to once again thank you all for joining us. Thank you all for listening. There's one person in particular I'd like to thank right now before we head out, and that is my boy Craig for not giving us any fucking problems during the recording of this episode. Let's hear it for Craig. Round of applause for my boy Craig for not giving us any fucking problems. Thank you, brother. Yeah. Been a while for that, so thank you, Craig. And uh, hopefully, everybody will on a more consistent basis. You know, it's bitch. Plan. We will. You know what? I I'm gonna say it right now. I'm gonna put my house on it. We will be back next week. We'll be back. Um, we'll probably. Uh. I, I, I don't know. I don't want to. I would like to get back on the. Uh, you know. We'll, yeah, we'll on the sketch. We'll yeah, see how it goes. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Episodes but, uh, will happen. I promise they will happen. Right. Right, right. But uh, yeah, everybody, thank you. You can, once again, you can catch the podcast pretty much everywhere. Twitter, not Twitter. Well, you can follow, follow our Twitter at TailPressPod, but you can catch the podcast on. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor Breaker, uh, Overcast, Pocket Cast. I, I don't know if we're on Stitcher. Um, probably. Probably. Like I said, we're we're pretty much everywhere. I feel like so. Also, don't forget to you know leave a review and rating. Yes, five, five star frog splash that fucking review you motherfuckers we appreciate it more than you would ever know of course it helps us tremendously yes sir and drop those five stars on apple brother please yeah and uh, i i guess that's it so thank yes, you everybody sir. thanks for coming back and spending your time with us it was a real and blast thanks for joining me on the show no problem and everybody we will see you guys next time later